It is the 200 level episode 191 Victory Monday. Mike Carpenter here after just the craziest weekend I can remember for Illini basketball. Of course, you can go back to the Arizona win in 05. And yes, there have been bigger weekends in terms of making a Final Four. But this had some extra oomph to it. And for a lot of reasons that we'll get into, not the least of which this team from the outset, I was hoping would get something tangible. Big 10 championship, right? I kept on harping on that. And then it was about two months ago. I think even to the day when we lost at home to Ohio State that I said, I'm not going to broach that again. I'm not going to even touch it. Well, within the last week, that was the conversation after you closed out the season 16 and four. Michigan ended up losing their last game. Josh Whitman wrote the letter. Kevin Warren said no. We found out Josh Whitman agreed to the win percentage thing, yada, yada, yada. And then it was time to play ball. Three games in three days. Rutgers, they are what, a seventh seed? I think a seventh seed in the tournament. Ten seed, maybe. I forget which one. Not bad. You won by 22. Iowa, two seed in the NCAA tournament, beat them by 11. You control that game, despite what I thought was a pretty good effort from Iowa. And then yesterday, your kryptonite. That's what I look at Ohio State as, your kryptonite. I don't want to face them again if we can help it. That, of course, would require them getting to the final for you as well. So that'd be good news. But I don't want to play those guys again because they seem to be the antidote to what this Illinois team does. And yet, you won two out of three against them. And yesterday was the most emotionally exhausting game that I can remember in a long time. I thought we were going to lose towards the end of the second half. And in overtime, there were moments where I thought we are not going to win this game. And I was trying to mentally prepare myself for how empty that would have been, even with Selection Sunday coming up and knowing you had the one seed locked up. At that point, we had come so far that I wanted that banner. And if I wanted it that bad, I can't even imagine what it was like for those players. They kept their cool a little bit better than I did. And God knows me, Trevor and Isaac, we were getting frustrated in that game. And there were moments of frustration. It was not the prettiest performance from Illinois. And yet, despite Ohio State giving what I thought was an A, A-plus performance for them, given the circumstances, you got the win. And that's the common theme with this team, especially in the last two months. They find ways to win. Sometimes it gets a little bit creative. Sometimes it's easy. But they always find a way to win. And what we saw in the last two games against Ohio State, and then to an extent the Iowa game as well, those are the kinds of games that you play in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. And maybe even the kind of game that you might play in the Final Four. Because I don't know how many teams in the nation are better than Ohio State or Iowa. A small handful, and those are the teams that you would face to win a national title. We'll get into the brackets later. We'll we'll talk about the potential landmines that are there for Illinois in this Midwest region. But let's focus first on the Big Ten title. And I'm going to say Big Ten title. I've been saying Big Ten tournament title on Twitter. I'm just going to X the tournament out of it, and I'm going to puff my chest a little bit here with what this team accomplished. 16-4, and and then 19-4, and a cumulative record between the regular season and conference tournament. What, four or five more wins than Michigan had in total? And after all the stuff that we went through with Michigan fans in the last week, week and a half, even after beating them by 23 points at their place without our best player, after all of this, Yes, it is delicious to get that banner and trophy yesterday. And also understand that the rest of the Big Ten recognizes. They know Illinois is the best team in the Big Ten this year. Period. Undisputed, I think, is going to be the headline in the News Gazette. Great choice. I would agree it is undisputed. After what you did in the Big Ten tournament, you would have beat Michigan yesterday as well. 
You would have. And they could have said whatever they want to about livers, but after Iowa missed that game in Ann Arbor, they don't really have a hill to stand on here, right? No, you are the best team in the Big Ten. You proved it this weekend on national TV, the lead-in to Selection Sunday when the entire nation's eyes were on this Illinois team in overtime. You got it done in dramatic fashion. You look good for most of the weekend. You are set up, primed, and ready for a national title run. This is the best team in the Big Ten, and you got the hardware and the banner to prove it. And whereas I looked at Big Ten tournament banners in the State Farm Center, I go back to what, 2003 and 05. The 05 was a bit of an afterthought. It would have been a disappointment had they not done it, coming off the heels, losing at Ohio State back in 05. They got it done, though I think a lot of fans, you might remember, that was not the most memorable Big Ten tournament. It was kind of ho-hum in a weird way. We just expected them to do it, and they did it. 03 was a lot of fun because that team just missed out on a regular season championship, and then they run right through the Big Ten tournament and I think set the record for uh, largest margin of victory between their three Big Ten games, Big Ten tournament games. This team, not so bad either when you look at their average margin of victory against three pretty good teams, at least two great teams this weekend. But this is different. And even with that tournament that's going to be on that banner, Big Ten tournament champions, Whenever we go into State Farm Center, we're going to recognize what that team actually accomplished. This means more than the average Big Ten Tournament Championship. I would have gladly taken a Big Ten Tournament Championship coming into the season, but I was assuming that that would uh, you know, maybe come after not winning the regular season title, and it would just be a consolation prize of sorts. But the way that everything shook out, the way that everything ended this year, and all the frustrations and dealing with the crap on Twitter from Michigan people, no. We are the best, and that banner rings so true. It goes beyond just what we saw that weekend. It accounts for the entire season. I saw some of the guys last night, whether it be Trent, I think Coleman Hawkins had a tweet. I think most of them had some sort of thing on social media. And if I recall, most of them just said Big Ten champs. They didn't need to specify tournament, and they shouldn't have to. Not the way that they had played. And I'm so happy for them, happy for the thousands of Illini fans that travel to see that historic moment because that's what it was. And as you would have heard on the podcast yesterday, it hit me pretty big there at the end. I didn't break down, but I had a hard time even just saying the words Big Ten champions because I wanted it so bad when DeMonte shooting those free throws to ice it, and it was already over, but that's when it kind of came over me, like in waves, where he's hitting his second free throw as I see Io, Kofi, Curbelo, and Trent arms over each other's shoulders, realizing what they just did. And that was when I realized what a journey this has been. Personally, the last week, up there with the best weeks of my life. My mom got a new liver, right? She's got, got her transplant. She's got a new lease on life. She's recovering. She's doing great. So personally, whoa, that's a monstrous week. And it was so great to be in Chicago for that entire week all the way through Sunday morning. As I left Chicago on Sunday, I was so happy to get home, but also, you know, that city is going to have a whole new kind of importance to me, a whole new meaning. It's a city that I always love visiting, but now all of a sudden it's, it's like the coolest city in the world after what happened this last week, right? And then you mix that in with Illinois basketball. And I know I've said on this before, on this podcast, that Illinois basketball is so intrinsically linked to my family. This was the dinnertime conversation back in the Deion Thomas, Kawan Garris era, where they were not winning Big Ten titles and they were not getting one seeds in the NCAA tournament. And comparatively to what Lou Henson had done before and what Kruger, Self, and now Underwood did later, and Weber to an extent, 
that was a pretty mediocre run, but yet it was Illinois basketball. It was what our family was so into. And it has brought us and our friends together so many times, shared in so many awesome memories with one another. My phone was blowing up yesterday with texts from friends. Oh my God, you know, freaking out people that I would be watching this game with if it weren't the COVID-19 pandemic, right? We would have been somewhere watching it with buddies. And that shared experience is what makes these moments so special. And it's why we continue to watch sports through all the heartbreak and all the triumphs. And this team has triumphed 14 of the last 15 games. And not against scrubs either. A lot of top 10 wins in that. How many quad one wins? I've lost track. This team is doing something I've never seen an Illinois basketball team do. And I just feel like I'm holding on for dear life. <laughs> like They're going on this crazy ride. This rocket ship is going, and I'm just kind of like hanging on one of the wings, like hoping to not fall off. But that's when it did slow up a little bit yesterday, when that game wound down, when DeMonte's hitting his second free throw. You heard me. You heard Trevor. You heard Isaac say, yeah, I lost the bet. Who cares? Because it doesn't matter, you know? I mean, he might have lost 10, 20 bucks, however big of a spender he may be, but that's no big deal when you consider that Illinois are Big Ten champions. And I will clarify that. On this podcast, I'm going to call them Big Ten champions. I'm not going to do that tournament thing. And I am one of those people that back in the day when Steve Alford won a Big Ten tournament championship, I thought, Phew. they really kind of, uh, I think he said it was as big as a regular season title. And I thought, you're ridiculous, Steve Alford. But the way this season has played out, that solidified that this was the Big Ten champion. Your Illinois Fighting Illini, number one seed, number two in the latest AP poll, and Big Ten champions. What a year. So here we are on the 200 level, episode 191. The 200th episode of the 200 level will probably come, if we get through this weekend, right? We'll probably come somewhere along the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. We're going to talk about the bracket later. We're going to talk about the individual contributors yesterday. All the guys that made that one possible, including one that I know has made all of us pull our hair out at some time or another, but yesterday, you don't win this game without this dude. I think you know who I'm talking about. And we'll get into other stuff, I'm sure, as well. But hey, look at this. We're 10 minutes in. I haven't even hit the sponsors yet, so let's do that. DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. If you've been outside today, you don't want to go back outside. So let them bring a piping hot calzone to your doorstep. Use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones and $6 premium and construction zones online at dpdoe.com. Again, that's coupon code Mike for $5 calzones at dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Got my Corey Bradford t-shirt. It is even better than it looks on their website. I mean, the picture is awesome, right? You can tell what kind of t-shirt you're getting. But as always, it is a high-quality t-shirt, great screen printing, this is vintage stuff from the guys at 4th and Kirby, and they keep churning them out. And I am going to order the Conference Champions t-shirt now that Illinois won the Big Ten tournament, and I didn't want to jinx them, I guess. I'm moderately stitious, as you might know. Now, I'm going to get that t-shirt as well, and you should check out the whole collection online at 4thandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off your order at 4thandkirby.com. Got to thank State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. For life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, Brian and his staff will hook you up with great State Farm prices and personalized service. Go online to brianismyguy.com for State Farm agent Brian Hansen. And finally, Rector Construction. Did you know that Rector Construction put Isaac in their TV ad? If you were watching the game yesterday on Channel 3, 
on WCIA, you would have seen Isaac in that ad, including right after the game. I needed that laugh because it was starting to get a little bit emotional and misty-eyed in here. Isaac did a great job in that commercial. Rector Construction does a great job on any home project, whether that be a new roof, crawl space inspection, everything in between. Go online to rectorconstruction.com. That's R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com for a free estimate today. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. Got to thank you as well. Just a monstrous week. We are growing the audience. Alani fans are rabid. You all know that. I don't have to tell you. But man, I, I'm just like you are. I'm consuming every bit of Alani media that I can. And we have grown exponentially in the last month or two. And hopefully we keep you even after the season is done. But yeah, we're riding that wave as a podcast along with all of you. So thanks for listening. And if you got a minute, drop a rating or review on Apple Podcast. It helps us out as people are looking for a new Illini podcast to add to their rotation. We were top 30 last week. I'll be interested to see where we end up the next couple weeks as we continue to just churn out these podcasts and do the post-game pods, second-half post-game pods for hopefully six more games. Let's start with that. How many games do I think this team will play? I think six more. I really do. And we'll get into the bracket later, and we'll talk about the potential landmines, and those landmines are there for most every team. Gonzaga, that's a pretty easy bracket up through Iowa, but yeah, every team has challenges. This is the NCAA tournament. And other than likely the first game against Drexel, right, knock on wood, the other games you're going to be challenged in some way, shape, or form. That's just how it is. It's not going to come easy, and I don't expect it to. But this team has come too far for me to say, oh, man, you know, Loyola, Chicago, oh, man, Georgia Tech. Yeah, they're going to be challenges. But I'm not going to doubt this team. I'm not going to doubt them going into that. I'm not going to doubt them going into Oklahoma State if Oklahoma State makes it to the Sweet 16. And I'm certainly not going to doubt them if they play Houston or San Diego State or West Virginia in the Elite Eight. I can't doubt this team. And what's interesting about the Ohio State game is, I don't know about you, but I mean, I said earlier, I thought they were going to lose. Multiple times in that game, I thought, this just is not our day. That was a B minus, I think in a lot of ways, a B minus effort from Illinois after the first 10 minutes. Certainly, Ohio State did their job. Dwayne Washington went off. He was incredible. Even Seth Towns made a three late where I thought, God, that's what Ohio State does. They just make these threes when you think you got to put away. And no, you don't. But they've been doing that all year. There's a reason that they're in the top 10. I think seventh is their final ranking in the AP poll, and they get a two seed. They're legit. That's the kind of team you would play to get to the final four, or you might even play them in the final four. So they're no slouch. And they brought it even on their fourth game in four days. That was a pretty incredible performance by them. But yeah, I thought Illinois, overall, that was not a terrific game for them. It was good enough. And I think it's a B- minus in terms of maybe execution, but it's an A+. plus for the mental aspect of it. Because it is difficult as a team. You take a 17-point lead. That's easy. Well, then the other team gets back within five at halftime. You clearly are not yourselves, right? You're just not making all the plays that you normally make. Your superstar Io is, at least by his standards, very inefficient yesterday. He was not the Io that we've grown accustomed to. And yet, you still won. And I think our fear this entire season was that you got Io, you got Kofi, but what else can you count on? Well, yesterday it was DeMonte. It was Trent. It was Georgie. Crabella was a star yet again. It's amazing how many minutes he piled up in that Big Ten tournament. He's going to be getting 30-plus minutes a game in every NCAA tournament because he's too damn good to leave off the court. 
In 80 minutes, I saw Michael Tulip had tweeted this. In 80 minutes of Big Ten tournament play, Andre Corbello had five turnovers. In 80 minutes of play, keep in mind he had five turnovers, six actually, I think, at Wisconsin a couple weeks ago. And he was still good in that game. But we always knew that for Corbello, as long as he adds that polish and stops turning the ball over, he goes from good to scary good. He's in scary good mode right now. So we saw that you can beat a really good team, the kind of caliber you'd play in the Elite Eight or Final Four, or maybe even the national title, depending how this bracket shakes out. You can beat them even when Iowa and Kofi are not the dominant forces that you'd hope they would be. Kofi, again, was great early, right? They kind of took him out of the game. Kudos to Ohio State for that. So it was the way in which you won, yet another tool in your toolbox. Yep, we can win against a really high-quality opponent as they're shooting lights out, as Dwayne Washington's just going crazy. I say shooting lights out. EJ Liddell did not shoot lights out. I don't think he made a three that game. I think they ended up like eight for 24 from three. That's not great. But when Dwayne Washington's going up for 34 and CJ Walker's getting to the rim and throwing it off the top of the backboard and it's going in, Justice Suing is doing his thing. That guy just kills us. Just kills us. I mean, that was a scary game. I looked out there at a lineup I think towards the end of regulation, I might have said this in the podcast, we had Io, Trent, DeMonte, Georgie, and Corbello. That's a pretty good lineup, right? And they did a fantastic job to, you know, keep that game. They were playing with the lead, fortunately, and Ohio State just did what they did at the end of the half. We don't need to revisit that part. But but then I looked at Ohio State and I see Justice Suing, oh God, Dwayne Washington, EJ Liddell, oh God, CJ Walker, that guy always freaks me out a little bit because he's just that really solid point guard that plays well against us. I forget who the fifth guy was, maybe Seth Towns, but I looked at that lineup and said, I don't think we're winning this game. Didn't matter. They did. They never puckered up. They never got, as Herb Lawrence would say, tight booty syndrome, which is usually what Ohio State got. But not yesterday. Ohio State played tremendous, and you got it done. And wow, what a cathartic feeling it was at the end when that buzzer sounded and you realize you had escaped. And I, I will use the word escape, not in a sort of, Oh, you got lucky to win that one. I don't mean that. Illinois wasn't lucky to win that. They created their own breaks by just kind of staying the course and by some unlikely heroes making big shots. DeMonte's floater in the second half, late in the second half. That was huge. Trent, his 5 nothing run on his own. You don't get to overtime without that because Ohio State was going to get theirs. That's just the way the game was going. Ohio State was going to get theirs, and they did. And then in overtime, Kofi misses his first two free throws, makes his last three. Or four, Io makes a couple free throws. Andre Corbello, of course, makes his free throws. DeMonte makes his free throws. You closed out yet another game. Closers. So you're going to be playing a few close games in this NCAA tournament, and man, are you ready. You have went through the ringer in the Big Ten. You played close games. You've also played games top to bottom where you've led in the double digits, even against really good teams. That could happen as well. But however these games shake out, I have faith that this team will get it done. Let's talk about the individual guys yesterday, and you know who I'm going to start with. i got to start with Georgie. You don't win a Big Ten title without Georgie. Again, I'm saying Big Ten title. I know it's the tournament, but it is what it is. Georgie Bashanishvili, a guy that we have pulled our hair out constantly this year, and he does these things even yesterday in the first half, like, ah, oh, God, there was something that happened, and I'm just like, oh, Georgie, Gah. but man, I tell you what, was he not fantastic? He was so good. 
He was the shot of adrenaline that that Illinois team needed because if you recall, at that moment in the game, we're holding on to this four-point lead. Kofi goes to the bench with his fourth foul. You need to play Georgie out of necessity, but he doesn't just go out there and help you steal minutes. He goes out there and helps you retake the lead up to double digits. And again, Ohio State was going to get there as you needed to keep that cushion, knowing the way Ohio State was continually making 25-foot bombs and just doing what they do. Georgie with the and one, two and ones, but the second one. Oh, my God. I can't imagine how loud it was at Lucas Oil Stadium when he did that. I know we were freaking out on the podcast thinking, this is unbelievable what Georgie Bashanishvili did yesterday. He is one of the easiest guys to root for. When we say that he drives us crazy, it's because we love him so much. If he, if he didn't have the personality he did and he was just a, you know, okay basketball player, I don't think we'd have the same visceral reaction when he does something silly, but it's because he is so immensely likable because of what he has gone through personally the last two years. When's the last time he saw his family? When's the next time he's going to see his family? Never complained. Smile on his face. The consummate teammate. I texted the guys yesterday. I could hug him. If, I, if, if it was socially acceptable to do so in a COVID pandemic, I give Georgie a big old hug. He saved our ass yesterday. That was incredible what he did. And how can you not be just exceedingly happy for him in that moment on the stage, getting the Georgie chance from the crowd? That is too cool for a guy that his freshman year, we're thinking we got a star in our hands. And then, you know, reality sets in a little bit. His sophomore, junior year, teams figure out how to play him. He has to become a role player, but he adapts. He helped you win that game yesterday. What a, what a monstrous performance. Wow. Io, we can talk about Io. That was his least efficient performance in a long time. And at possibly the worst time, right? You wanted that Big Ten title. He did get the MVP for the tournament. We have such high standards for Io, and I know he has it for himself. And for the first time in a while, it felt like there were moments where he was forcing it. But it's still kind of a learning experience, right? I know he's a junior. He's been through some big games before, but this was the first postseason experience for him. He still did pretty darn good. You look at the box scores, Io was still Io. But I think that was a formative experience for him going into the NCAA tournament. And a good reminder about how to toe that line. Find that balance between being the superstar, but not being the guy that takes ill-advised shots, which the last shot of regulation, ill-advised. Double bonus, you got to take it in. Instead, he was going for the Kobe moment. And it could have went in. That would have been an all-timer. But when he shot it, you could feel that collective groan. I didn't feel like it was going in. He was so far away from the basket. I know he's made those before. He made one earlier in the second half from about 25 feet dead on top of the perimeter. So not like he hasn't made those before, but there were moments yesterday where it felt like he was forcing it. And yet, even though it was by his standards a B-minus game maybe, he did switch over to Washington late. That helped. Anytime his teammates were doing something good, DeMonte's floater, he goes to DeMonte, gives him a big old hug. Consummate teammate. You cannot ask for a better lead dog on your team than Io. I know Wally Zerbiak said something contrary on some sort of bracket show yesterday saying this Illinois team had chemistry issues. Clearly, he watched only yesterday's game and made an assumption based on some of those moments where Io forced it. But we know, we know that that is not accurate. And that chemistry is not an issue. And Io is as good of a teammate as you could get. Kofi was pretty darn good early. They did a great job again of adjusting. But even those two made free throws late to give you the one point lead. You were trailing. He makes two to go up 82 to 81. 
huge. I know he finished, I think, what, five for nine? Five for 10 from the line. And listen, that's what you're going to get, about 50%. He can go on these streaks. And he made a good little run there at the end of the game. But uh, Kofi is just a presence. He is incredible. He is going to help you win a national title. Yesterday did nothing to dissuade me from that. I think the way that game was being officiated was taking both teams a little bit out of their flow. It definitely had an impact on Kofi and his ability to stay in rhythm because he didn't really get going in the second half. But when it mattered, he came through. Demonte Williams, nine points in the first half. I think he finished with, what, 13 or 15? Cleaned the floater, a couple of free throws. Just a monster performance from him. He's starting to play at a level now where when he's out there instead of Grandison, I kind of like that lineup. And this is a week after, you'll recall, at Ohio State, I was like, why isn't Grandison in there? Why isn't Grandison in there? Well, DeMonte makes winning plays. Not that Grandison couldn't, but DeMonte continues to do that. Trent, 5 nothing run. Tall task on Washington. It's a bad matchup. Trent is such a good defender, but it's against smaller point guards where he has his most success. Look at the Mike Smith game up at Michigan. That was all Trent being disruptive. But Dwayne Washington is what? 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, He's got length. Good luck. When he goes on a heater, I don't care who you put on him. That was a tough matchup for Trent. But when they made that switch and Iowa went on Washington, that is when we saw Trent go on that 5 nothing run when you needed it the most. You don't even get to overtime without Trent. Andre Corbello, star. Superstar. I mean, good Lord, this kid. And gives you all the more hope that next year, regardless of the roster, you're going to be fine. <laughs> you got him. As my buddy Andrew, who's been on the podcast before, texted me, would you trade Andre Corbello next year for any other point guard in the nation? At this moment, I would say no. And of course, we are prisoners of the moment and we're Illini fans, but there is something to be said for the fact that you might have the best point guard in the nation, if not next year, by his junior year. And he just dictates the pace in a way that only the best point guards can do. He was so good yesterday. He had one turnover in overtime, I think. He was trying to kind of Shovel it around to Kofi. That was the one ill-advised play, I think, all day. And there was another where he fell, but he was keeping his dribble. And I think they called the travel. That was a little bit iffy as well, but he's been so good. And he will help you win a national title. Am I forgetting anybody? Adam Miller. I thought solid game. Again, good defense, good rebounding. Hits a couple shots. Uh, he's got He's got that polish to him where I feel like he's going to help you win games to get to and potentially win a national title. And notice I keep saying national title. Am I forgetting anybody before I move on to the bracket? Let's see. Got the starting lineup. Grandison with kind of a quiet game. He had the foul late, though it didn't matter. After EJ missed that final three, Grandison away from the ball foul. They go to the line. They shoot two. But really, it could have been worse. It could have been worse at that point when you're already at five. So no harm, no foul. Yeah, we got a squad. Eight guys you can count on. Let's see. I talked about Georgie, Kofi, Miller, Curbelo, Io, Grandison, DeMonte, Trent. I cover them all. The eight guys that are going to be your eight-man rotation. I'd be surprised if you see much else except maybe the Drexel game. Because as I look at this bracket, there are not going to be many easy games. I think it's okay to say that. And nothing to freak out about, right? Nothing to freak out about. But understand that this is going to require really good efforts from Illinois They cannot stumble too much in this bracket. But also, take solace in the fact that if Illinois plays their best, they're getting out of this bracket. 100%. 
What do we got? Drexel on Friday. Noon. A noon game. I don't mind the early start because I could watch Illinois play. It's going to be the third game of the NCAA tournament. So as people tune in on Friday, we get one of the early slots as everyone's all pumped for the tournament. I like that. And then I get to enjoy the rest of Friday watching all the other games. So Illinois Drexel in the 116, Loyola Chicago and Georgia Tech in the 8-9. Now we all know when Loyola Chicago's name came up, we groaned. Understandably, we don't want to do that whole in-state thing because that always is the chip on the shoulder for the other team. I know they're the sexy story up there in Chicago and why not? Even Sister Jean has media availability. Isn't that cute? At the end of the day, the metrics like Loyola Chicago. Top 10 Ken Palm. I think top 10 or close to it in net. 24-4 and record in the Valley. And the only Power 5 team they played all year is Wisconsin. Back in December, they lost to them by 13. Apparently, Ken Palm has them as the number one defense in the country. So yeah, is that going to be easy? No. If we played them, do I think we'll win? Yeah. You should. I mean, here's the thing. It's an 8-9 matchup. Loyola Chicago was probably not going to get much higher than an 8 or 9 given their conference and given the lack of quality wins. And here you go. Would you rather have North Carolina? Would you rather have LSU? I wouldn't. I'll take the non-Power Power 5 team and take our chances knowing what we've done in the last two and a half weeks. And let's say it's Georgia Tech. They win the ACC tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia Tech wins that first game anyways, and we don't even deal with the Loyola-Chicago narrative. And then we get through that first weekend. Is it going to be easy? No. Are they going to get it done? Yes. Yes, they will. Looking at the rest of the bracket, a potential Sweet 16 matchup against Tennessee or Oklahoma State. Now, everyone is immediately jumping to Oklahoma State, and I understand why. I understand why. Cade Cunningham is going to be the number one pick in the NBA. This is Brad Underwood's former team. Ah, narrative. There we go. You know the tournament committee loves the narratives, and they got one here. Mike Boynton has done a really good job at Oklahoma State. They have the second most quad one win, so you think, why are they only a four? Why? Well, let's take a look here. At the Ken Palm, 29th in the net rankings, 30, or it might be vice versa. Now, by those metrics, which are not perfect, because keep in mind, Wisconsin, I think, is 11th in Ken Palm, and we know damn well they aren't the 11th best team in the nation. So this might be the inverse of that, where Oklahoma State is getting underrated. But as good as that supporting cast is, as good as Cade Cunningham is, it was very nice to hear Brad Evans on Jeremy Warner's podcast say, that's a pretty good matchup for Illinois. And I don't disagree with that. I've always liked the affirmation from someone that knows more than I do about it, and Brad Evans is certainly one of those. I don't think that's a bad matchup. I know why we would freak out about it. And that could still be the toughest matchup in this entire bracket. You get that sweet 16 if you make it that far, if they make it that far. You get a full week to prepare for them. You're going to be fully rested. I don't mind facing them a game earlier than maybe you would have otherwise in an Elite Eight matchup. I don't mind getting them in the sweet 16 if that's how it shakes out. Though Tennessee, for as iffy as they've been down the stretch, don't sleep on them. They'll beat Oregon State. I would think they'll beat Oregon State fairly comfortably after that random Pac-12 tournament run for Oregon State. And we'll see if Rick Barnes can't get them to sneak out a win against Oklahoma State, who is playing, by the way, a tricky Liberty team. So let's let it play out, right? We're assuming that everything's going to go scratch. Loyola Chicago, the eight seed, is going to be Georgia Tech. Oh, man, we got to play Loyola Chicago. Oh, Oklahoma State's going to make it to the Sweet 16. Oh, man, we got to play Cade Cunningham. Let it play out. We may not. We may not. Bottom side of the bracket, San Diego State at the six. I'm seeing them as a sexy pick in some brackets to make a Final Four, or sorry, Elite Eight. 
You got Allen Griffin and Syracuse down the 11. I'd be surprised if they make that deep of a run. I'd be fine if they did. And you face in the Elite Eight. West Virginia, great offense, no defense. Iowa light and no Luca Garza. So let's go. Let's do it. Moorhead State, a sexy upset pick in some people's minds. That'd be a pretty steep upset, 314 matchup. Clemson at the seven, whatever, Rutgers at the 10, fine. Houston at the two. Would you rather have Alabama at the two? No, I wouldn't. And you certainly, and you weren't going to get, but you certainly wouldn't want Ohio State or Iowa in there either. I know the tournament committee wouldn't have done that. One more thing about the three seed, West Virginia. Not a team that maybe we were looking forward to seeing, but would you rather have Arkansas? I wouldn't. Hell no, the way Arkansas is playing. Texas? No. Take your chances against this bracket. I've seen some people say it's a tough bracket. I think most of those are Illini fans that are looking at this, myself included. And we see potential landmines and we freak out. We don't want this thing to get derailed. But then I see others saying, that's not bad. That's not a bad bracket. And I think you could do worse. I think if you really look at it, the two threes and fours in each region, Illinois might be the second most tough after Michigan's. Michigan's bracket is just an absolute bear, as it should be for the fourth one seed compared to the third, second, and first one seeds. But this is doable. And for a team that has their eyes on the prize, sorry for that cliche, (laughs) eyes on the prize, for a team that's as focused as this one, this should not concern us if we continue to have faith in them, that what they did the last two and a half weeks is not the aberration. This is the new norm. They will find a way to get it done. I'm confident they will. And I will keep using that term national title. I won't use it during the second half podcast. If you are moderately stitious like myself, no need to address that as the games are going on. But if we take the macro look at this, I still think that Illinois makes the national title game because waiting on the other side of that bracket would be Baylor. I kind of hope Baylor would beat Ohio State if it got to that because I do not want to play Ohio State a fourth time. No thanks. That's a possibility. But I still think you get to the national title game. I just do. And then against Gonzaga, let's do it. And I will say compared to 05, I wouldn't have the same feeling as I did going into the UNC game where it felt like, you know, UNC, despite not having the undefeated record most of the year, all that kind of stuff, We all knew that they were looming. We knew that that was going to be the team that could end it all. And I guarantee you, Gonzaga is feeling that same way about Illinois. I just get that feeling that they got to be thinking, oh God, why is this team getting hot at the right time? If we play them in the national title game, that would be the one. I got to give props here to Alex K on Twitter. He'd sent a message to uh, me and a few of the other guys. Not that this team needs to be compared to 05. But am I the only one who feels an eerie similarity to being Gonzaga's Illinois to RUNC? A talented one-ranked squad, Gonzaga, seeking close to, if not a perfect season, only to face a just-as-talented squad with multiple future NBA players. Alex, you're right on it. I absolutely agree. And if I'm Gonzaga, I'm more concerned about Illinois right now than Baylor. And I'm not all that concerned about making the national title game because tough as Michigan's bracket is, I don't think the winner of that bracket is going to beat Gonzaga. Illinois could. So yeah, I'm still talking national title. I didn't have a lot of time to process things yesterday. And one regret, I can't really call it a regret, but come on, CBS, give us 10 more minutes. Push 60 minutes back to 610. People will get over it. So we could see a little bit of the celebration, but our heads were swimming. Selection show started. And I, I just hate not having had that opportunity 
to let it soak in more. It is what it is. Listen, it's soaking in more today, and it will throughout the course of the week before that first game on Friday. But yeah, I do wish that as Illini fans, all of us watching at home, would have had those 10, 15 minutes to see the team take the stage, to hear the boos rain down on Kevin Warren. Wasn't that delicious? I retweeted that. I, I know Shannon Ryan, who is awesome. We've had her on the show. She tweeted out when Illini fans were booing the names, not even the people, but the names of EJ Liddell and Luca Garza when they announced the all-tournament team. And she said, "Not it's not classy, and I, I agree, it's not. But I would counter, and I, I tell Shannon this, hey, you know, fans are petty. God knows Illini fans, we got a chip on our shoulder. That stuff doesn't bother me as much. I wouldn't have been booing EJ Liddell's name. I wouldn't have been booing him as a person either, even though it is sweet to beat him. <laughs> it's, it's pretty sweet. Can you imagine being on the opposite side of this? We only have to do this for a second. Don't worry. I'll, I'll go back to the positive thoughts. But imagine if Ohio State wins that. And then the year before, EJ Liddell is a freshman and Ohio State, they keep you from that regular season Big Ten title in the second to last game of the year. And then this year, they keep you from getting a conference tournament title. Yeah, that would have sucked. But it didn't. There's a picture circulating Twitter today of him walking off the court dejected as Illini's bench, as the Illini bench is starting to celebrate. It's not schadenfreude. I wish no ill will on the kid. He's spectacular. But yes, it is sweet to beat a, a guy that spurned you by all accounts because Mark Smith said, well, Brad Underwood's too tough, which another thing, I'm glad that Missouri's not in our bracket. I don't need that headache. I don't need a rematch. Let's just go do our thing. I don't really care about the bragging rights game at this point. That was December. I don't need to play Conzo again. And as bad as they've been down the stretch, I don't need them playing with their hair on fire. And no, no thanks. So yeah, it's fun to beat these teams that in one way, shape, or form have spited you, for lack of a better term. Chris Holtman, cool guy. There was really no beef with Ohio State. I don't hate that Ohio State team. I actually get scared thinking about them. A buddy of mine is a big Buckeyes fan, and we were texting throughout. Right after the game, he texted me, congrats. And... Just, you know, we're, we're friends, so I would have done the same if it were on the other side. I would have done so very dejected. But it was interesting to hear Chris Holtman's podcast, podcast press conference after the game because the second question he was asked, or maybe even the first, was about how a lot of Ohio, Ohio State fans were just happy to be there. That was how the question was framed. And then the guy just asked, are you proud of your guys for what they did today? And Chris Holtman said, yeah. He didn't even say anything along the lines of, oh, we're disappointed to not have won the Big Ten Tournament Championship. He just said, I'm really proud of our guys. And it makes you wonder. Like, And I thought this going into the game, there's no way they wanted that as bad as Illinois. There's no way. Now, they wanted it enough. They played their butts off and somehow avoided that fourth game and four days fatigue that we so often see. That was remarkable. I mean, it was a, a performance from Ohio State. But yeah, I found that kind of interesting that from Ohio State's perspective, it was nice to be there. I would have felt the same way if an Illinois team lost their last four games of the regular season and then went out there and won three games in the Big Ten tournament to solidify a two seed. I would have felt fine with that and it would have been a cherry on top to win yesterday. But for Illinois and for myself and for a lot of fans, yesterday meant a lot. So when that tightened up at halftime, oh boy, I was nervous. I didn't know if we were going to win the game. And multiple times in the second half and overtime, I thought, I don't want to have to do the selection show Sunday 
or Selection Sunday podcast immediately after this if we lose. I'm not going to have juice for that. I'm just going to be like, ugh, Drexel, whatever. You know, it would have it would have taken the shine off of it. There's no doubt in my mind it would have. But we don't have to worry about that. They won it, and they're going to win more. I am telling you, they're going to win more. There's no guarantee, so I won't go so far as to say guarantee, right? I, I'll stop myself there, not to protect myself from being wrong and prognosticating what's going to happen, but really for the last few weeks, even with that bump on the road against Michigan State, which kind of freaked us all out a little bit, you could look at this team and the end result is right in front of us. They're going to do something. They will. And this bracket that they're in, I don't see the team that's going to derail that. I see teams that are going to make it very difficult for you. And it will require Illinois to show up and play some of their best ball of the year. But they're playing their best ball right now. And I don't see that switch flipping off. For them to gut out that game yesterday in the way that they did it, for the guys not named Iowa and Kofi to pick up the slack the way that they did, this team can win it all. And I think they might. I think they might. Listen to Brad Evans on Jeremy's pod. Brad said so. Again, I love that affirmation from someone that actually knows what they're talking about. But I agree with everything he said. Illinois is just good at everything. Great offense, great defense. Number seven offense in Ken Palm, number seven defense in Ken Palm. Very rare do you find a team top 10 in both. And those are the kinds of teams that win championships. So push comes to shove. We play Gonzaga in the national title game. You bet we're beating them. You bet. And I can't wait. Can't wait for Friday. Drexel, we'll be here. Post-game pod, second half in post-game. Nice early start. Trevor's going to be at the studio logging in and talking with us. Isaac says he'll take an extended lunch. I get the feeling that the guys at Rector Construction will do the same. They're big Illini fans, and you, you can tell when they, they get ad space on the Big Ten Tournament Final. Yeah, they're Illini guys over there. So extended lunches galore in Champaign-Urbana across the state of Illinois and beyond because Illinois basketball has a ridiculous fan base, and we're all feeling it right now. So take that extended lunch. We'll get this podcast on Friday posted not long after that game. And I hope it's the kind of game where we can talk macro and preview what will be a very interesting Loyola-Chicago-Georgia Tech game later that afternoon. Oddly enough, we're playing at Uwe Pui, IUPUI Fieldhouse or something. And that game between Loyola-Chicago and Georgia Tech is going to be at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Don't know where the game would be on Sunday. I'm not sure. But interesting that they have all that separate and I think it's just to minimize how many teams play at each arena but it begins the best time of year we're back in it I have not filled out a bracket in years I don't know about you but my interest in the NCAA tournament I always watch it I always love the first rounds at least those first few days are so much fun even when Illinois is not in it but there's so much more pop and excitement when they are it's been eight years I never in a million years could have predicted that this team two months ago would find themselves in this position, a one seed and Big Ten champions going into the dance. And not just that, but the sexy pick to win it all if you don't pick Gonzaga. And I bet if you compiled the list of picks from all these experts, Illinois would probably be number two with most guys saying, okay, Illinois is going to be the team to win, not Gonzaga. Nate Silver has Illinois with the second best odds to win it all at 11%. 
I'll take 11% odds to win the whole thing. In a 68-team tournament, that's not bad. So it begins. Uh, I got emotional yesterday and quickly gathered my composure, but I, I just have never felt that from a sports moment before. Not even in 05, and part, part of that is because I was 18. It was more joy and shock. I didn't cry or anything back when that team made the comeback against Arizona. And I didn't even cry when they lost to North Carolina. That was more of an empty feeling, right? Though I didn't feel good about that game from the start. But that is the first time yesterday that sports have ever made me well up like that. Other than maybe a well-done sports documentary or something. But I'm talking live sports, a moment that made me tear up and have to gather myself, compose myself. Never had that before. It's been a week with my mom getting better. It's been a year being away from so many friends and family as we ride this thing out. And this Illinois team has given us so much joy in the last couple months especially that I think we were all sorely lacking. If you think about one thing that we were lacking this last year, we're all trying to just survive, right? It's survival mode for everybody. Just get by day at a time until we get on the other side of this thing. And in that year, there has been an absence of joy. Of course, you can find it in little things, in the little, little interactions that you have with friends and family to kind of keep us all sane through this. There has been joy, but there is something to be said about the joy that sports or live music or those sort of event-based things can give you. A shot of adrenaline and energy and pure joy when things go your way. So for Illini fans, that's what this is. It is joy in a year where we have been so devoid of joy. And that is probably why it hit me as much as it did. It's like, why am I so lucky as to experience this? Even after the last decade of futility for Illinois basketball, why are we so lucky to be able to experience this team doing what they're doing, beating any and everybody that they face? It's pretty incredible. So... I'm just going to soak in these last six games and know that at any given moment, it can be over, not in some sort of, you know, uh, cynical way. I mean, that's just the nature of it. It's a single elimination tournament. So each time they tip off, regardless of opponent, let's go, let's do it. Let's have fun. This is what it's all about. This is where legacies are ultimately written. This team already has a place in Illini history. So regardless of what happens, don't let a disappointing exit, if it happens, take away from what we've experienced so far. You know, I would understand that the ending to a movie often is the lasting impression, right? So if you watch a pretty good movie and then the ending sucks, well, you aren't going to go back to that movie quite as much. That's fair. That is totally fair. But this team has done so much. The middle act of this movie was so good that I will be coming back to it, regardless of what happens in the NCAA tournament. But all that said, all that said, I'm feeling pretty good that they will do something. I'm feeling pretty good. All right. The 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe. I'm on at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 Cal zones and $6 premium and construction zones at dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So during the entire March Madness run here, as you're staying home, having a few beverages, watching 12 plus hours of college basketball from tip-off, then get some DP Dough delivered fresh to your doorstep. You don't even need to go anywhere. dpdo.com. Coupon code Mike for $5 Calzones at dpdo.com. Got to thank fourthandcurvy.com. 
well, 4th and Kirby, at 4thandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off your order. Great swag. Got my Corey t-shirt. It is excellent, and I'm going to get my Conference Champions t-shirt as well. Get all of that and more at 4thandkirby.com. Rector Construction, online at rectorconstruction.com. Isaac Ambrose, TV star. You'll probably see that during March Madness. Got to thank the fellows at Rector Construction for supporting the pod, online at rectorconstruction.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. No coupon code needed. Great State Farm prices and personalized service from Brian and his staff. Brianismyguy.com. Got to thank Alana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Got to thank all of you for listening in this craziest of months, and it's about to get crazier. So let's have some fun. This is Decadence out of your head from our latest album, Fever Dreams, streaming anywhere music is available. Yeah, don't you love those cheap plugs for the band? I got to do it. I'm sorry. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will be back in a day or two. It is the 200 Level.